This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. This is part two of how we salvage 2020 profitably. These three podcasts, I'll give you some simple things you can do from a general marketing and financial standpoint. Last podcast, I gave you three general things that you can do. And today we're going to talk about some of the marketing things that you can do. So let's get started. The first thing I would suggest you do is go through all of your proposals, your quotes, and your tickler files. One of my clients did this at the end of March when he let his dispatcher go. No, he didn't let her go. He laid her off at you know, when the pandemic started. And he went through her desk and her files and found $80,000 of work. No joke. $80,000. People wanted this done like now. All right. So it wasn't yeah coming another time or anything else like that. This was $80,000 in work that he could do in the next couple of weeks that saved many, many technicians from being laid off. So you never know when somebody is going to say yes. Or, you know, if you give a proposal out, even if it's a year old, contact that customer. I've done this with clients over the years, and it's amazing how many people don't do things. You know, you might have given them a proposal last spring for last cooling season, if you're in HVAC, and they didn't do anything. They just got the proposals for whatever, you know, for budgeting purposes, and nobody follows up. Nobody follows up, you know, one time, two times, and then they just kind of let it die. Make a phone call. They might not have done anything, and you'll get a comment like, you know, nobody but you followed up. You got the job. And the question that normally follows, is the price still good? So given all of the increases in prices over the years that we've had and, and over the past year, the likelihood is that you're going to have material costs that are a little bit higher than last year. And you can say that to the customer and say, you know, Mr. Customer, our prices for materials and equipment have gone up by about 5%. So I have to increase your your proposal price by 3% or 5% or whatever else it is. And just be be ready for that question and how you're going to particularly answer that question. So look at it from that perspective. Now, going through your old proposals and your old quotes is important. I find that for companies where a service technician goes out and it's more commercial than residential, and the customer says, get me a quote on changing out that compressor or get me a quote on changing that motor or whatever, and the salesperson who is responsible for that account, account dutifully goes and, and creates the quote and sends it to the customer. And he may or may not make a phone call. He may make one phone call and the customer hasn't said yes. So 30 days, 60 days, 90 days goes by, sometimes longer than that. It's time to make a phone call to the, the customer or send an email and just find out where it is. You know, that's how my client found the $80,000 worth of work. A lot of it had been quoted months before. It's amazing how long sometimes people and companies take to make a decision. 
So the reality is, you know, go through those proposals, go through those quotes. And the third thing is tickler files. And a tickler file is more residential than it is commercial. But a technician goes to Mrs. Jones's home and he suggests that, you know, XYZ be done and that her contactor is getting slightly pitted or the capacitor is getting weak or, you know, something along those lines. And she says, nah, I'll just roll the dice or no, I really don't want to take care of that. What do I need to do today to make my system operating again? And he tells her and she approves that particular repair. Now, the other two potential repairs are what I call tickler file repairs. And what you'll want to do is to either create from the old way of doing things, you know, make a copy of the service ticket and put it in a file in your dispatcher's drawer. And your file is going to have these pieces of paper that will expand and contract. Or in this day and age, the easy way to do it is electronically. And along the left-hand side of all of your dispatch boards are the unassigned, the maintenances, the parts on order. Well, guess what? We're going to add tickler to it. So every time that there is a potential repair that needs to be made, the, the dispatcher will schedule or set up another call as a tickler call and put it on the left-hand side of the board so when it gets slower that she can make phone calls to give the technicians work to do in slower time periods. You know, and the other thing that you need to remember is how many times have a, has a customer had a potential repair at the end of a season, either heating season or cooling season, or, you know, they need to get their pipes, um, basically there's leaks in them or whatever else it is, and they're going, now nah, just wait till next winter when the pipes are going to freeze again, or, you know, before they freeze again, or, or I'll wait till next fall or I'll wait till next summer to make these particular repairs and you forget about them. So what needs to have happen is the fact that you have a special tickler file that says next season's repairs or something along those lines and you put everybody in there who said I'll make that repair next spring and goes into that. And guess what? In most areas, it's spring. And in some areas, it's already summer. So you're in a situation where it's time to make those phone calls and say, Mrs. Jones, last time or last spring or last summer at the end of last summer season, we recommended that XYZ be performed. And you said you wanted to wait until next spring. Is this something you'd like to take care of now? And you can do it as a yes, no question. And the likelihood is they're finally saying, Oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. Thank you for reminding me. And they'll go ahead and get it done. So there's your tickler files. So you've got go through, going through your proposals, going through your quotes, going through your tickler files. That is number one. And that's an easy, easy way to generate revenue right now. When we get back from break, I will give you the second and third easy things to do to have some marketing activities that will help you salvage 2020 profitably. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign when a service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks, happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales too. 
To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy to read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronin the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R O N A N, the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, we started talking about some marketing things you can do right now and immediately to generate revenue. Number one is to go through your proposals, quotes, and tickler files. And I covered that before the break. Number two is to reactivate inactive customers. Think about it. How many customers do you have in your database? How many of those customers have done business with you in the past 18 months or sooner? Those customers who have not done business with you from 19 months to five years ago are what I call inactive customers. I generally stop inactive customers at about five years, simply because the marketing that we've done over the years has not proven to be effective for anything that's over five years old. Now, I have to admit, I got an email from from a contractor who said, well, we ended up selling a system to a customer who had a, had, hadn't talked to in 10 years. All right. You got one and, and you may get some. I am, I'm looking at it from the cost effectiveness of sending out marketing pieces to customers who are over five years old that you have not talked to. All right. Now, assuming that you have talked to people and they have been on your database, but they still haven't done business with you in the past five to 10 years, you can still continue to talk to them. But I'm talking about you haven't talked to them in you know a really, really long time, and they've either moved or died or forgotten who you were or used somebody else. And generally, that happens after about five years, okay? So here's an easy way to really reactivate the old customers. You gotta give them a reason to come back. Why should they do business with you again? I mean, what's in it for them? They have bought from you in the past. There is some reasonable remembrance of you. And there is some trust and familiarity. So they're likely to remember a marketing message that you give them. Your promotion could be a $25 off coupon on a repair, good through a specific date. It might be a repair or replace question postcard, you know, or a special price on spring maintenance through a specific date. I mean, whatever you want to do, um, just do something. Or you can do a postcard that said, did we do something wrong? And they're going to look at it and go, okay, you know, what's going on? Because they will react to a question like, did we do something wrong? And the backside of the postcard really just needs to say, you know, we're concerned because we haven't done business with you and here's a reason to come back. And it can be very simple, very, very easy, very quick. But the message, did we do something wrong, really resonates with people. And they're likely to go, no, or yeah, you really screwed up. Hopefully it's no. Um, and if they have a need, they're likely to come back. You know, 
the reality is in more than 30 years, and, and I'm going to admit this, and if any of you had any success, please let me know and, and if you're willing to share it. I've never had great success trying to market maintenance, i.e. a maintenance plan, with the exception of putting a maintenance article in each newsletter that you sent. Newsletter gives you an opportunity to explain why maintenance is important and the benefits of maintenance. You know, if it's a customer sees many newsletter, he may see many articles about the importance of maintenance, each written slightly differently. However, you know, he gets the, the drift that maintenance is important. And then at some point, if he's not a maintenance customer and it's just a customer, um, he probably will inquire about it. However, it takes a lot of time. The best thing that I have found is to get a reason to come into the customer's home and or office. And from that particular point, then the service technicians from a residential standpoint, you can do the things that we talk about in, in maintenance classes that I have online. Or from a commercial perspective, the service technicians can ask the questions about who does your maintenance and potentially get some leads that way. Okay, so we've talked about going through proposals, quotes, and tickler files. And we've talked about reactivating inactive customers. The last thing I want to talk about is to have a contest from now through the end of the year or now through the end of August, you know, pick a time and have a contest. You know, it's so much more fun when you don't have to think up all the ideas yourself and have a contest with the whole company. So what I would suggest you do is determine the decrease in revenues for the past two to three months or until you can figure that we're going to be back to quote unquote what was budgeted. And for example, if you lost 250,000 revenues during the pandemic and your normal budget for May through August is a million five, the company needs to generate a million 750,000 for May through August. So how does that happen? You know, what can the company do to achieve this new revenue goal? Again, it's more fun to get everybody involved and you don't have to think up all the answers yourself. So I would do this from a revenue perspective because most most of your employees won't get the profit side. And quite frankly, for some of them, they really and truly don't care. So keep it on the revenue level and you can easily track the revenue level. So what do we have to do to generate, you know, a million seven hundred fifty thousand or that extra two hundred and fifty thousand between now and the end of August? You know, let everybody come up with the ideas and then put the needed revenues on a chart where everyone can see them every week, you know, break it into weekly goals. Weekly reporting keeps everybody enthused and excited about meeting the goals. You know, it's kind of fun. It actually is kind of fun to let everybody in the company come up with it. You know, it could be, you know, they might come up with increasing maintenance enrollments, increasing closing rates on sales, or increasing referrals. Increasing prices, you know, other than that 2% we talked about last time is generally not the answer to this. It's generally something about increasing closing ratios, increasing referrals, increasing maintenance enrollments, stuff like that. And everybody who recommends a sale that closes or is a referral should get some monetary incentive for doing it outside of this contest. Everybody who refers and, you know, think about it. If, you, if a customer refers, you give a customer referral fee. Why wouldn't you give an employee referral fee? It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you do it for one or not the other. They're both your customers. One just happens to be an internal customer and one happens to be an external customer. Okay. 
So assuming you do the extra $250,000, what do they get out of it? I suggest you take everyone out for a steak dinner or, you know, whatever type of dinner at a really great restaurant in your area, assuming they are open, of course, and invite their spouses and significant others and pay for the babysitters where necessary. Now, most people don't think about paying for the babysitters. However, if one of your employees has small children, the likelihood is that one of the spouses, the spouse will have to stay home or they'll have to get a babysitter so that they both can come. It's much better if they have a great evening out and you've paid for the babysitter. It's that, you know, it's that much more pleasant for them. They don't have to worry about an expense for being out. So those are some of the things that you might do for marketing. Now, notice I didn't talk about anything related to media advertising like newspapers, radio, and television. Those things you're going to just be doing as you normally do. These are things that you can do right now that are in addition that are a little bit different than you might have thought of. So here they are again. Number one is to go through your proposals, quotes, and tickler files. Number two is to reactivate your inactive customers. And number three is to have a contest. Thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.